Hey church, thanks for joining us. Uh, my wife and I are doing a relationship series like we do every year around here, uh, but obviously a little different uh, this year. We're used to talking right to you right there in your seats, but I don't know, uh, I'm thankful for that you're um, doing this with me. I, I, know, I know this isn't your favorite thing, but um, <laughs> I'm super thankful that Tammy's joined us because of a number of things. Number one, I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back here or anything like that, but we've been married almost 30 years, and we've been through a lot. And I think our prayer, our hope is that what we've been through and the things that we've learned can be on some level helpful to you. And so we want to just be free to speak um, what God's done in our lives. And, and then uh, to complement that, Tammy, as a therapist, has been involved with for decades all sorts of different kinds of people. And, and so she knows what works, what doesn't work in relationships and marriage and friends and teams. And so I'm excited, always excited to give her an opportunity to give you practical tools for how to um, really do relationships well. And maybe even more than that, survive the pandemic, which has right. been crazy. Super hard. Crazy. Yeah, so these times have been super hard on everybody. And uh, so I think that the thing that we want to do more than anything is just encourage you. So the fact that you're tuning yep. into a, you know, a series about relationships, like, good job. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you're seeking help and you're seeking help from God and you're seeking, like, God, help me to do relationships better. Like, Yay! Because it is a hard time for everybody. And here's why it's a hard time. Because these times are times of the unknown. Nobody can predict what's going on. And when that is happening to the human soul, just trust me for how the human psyche goes, that it is, it is uh, pulling on your soul and your resources and your internal condition in a way that is robbing you of your normal capacity to do, to do life. And so if you're finding like, why is it so hard for me to do the things that I normally could do? Even though like nothing seems wrong. Like I, I'm, I mean, nobody I know is sick and, and I have the finances that I need and everything kind of seems okay. Like I'm kind of doing okay. We even figured out what we're going to do for the fall. Uh, everyone seems kind of okay around me. Why, am, why is it taking me an hour to do an email? Or why can't I like not stand the sound of my toddler's voice? Or why yeah, for can me, I? It seems like I'm in a fog. Like yeah. I just feel like I'm, I'm operating like in a fog. I can't quite... See, everything is clear. Yeah. You told me that, you know, everybody that you're dealing, working with, no one's at peak performance. Or everyone, like we, a group I was with the other day said, nobody has buffer anymore. That's the truth. And so the reality for that is it's because uh, our facing the unknown is really hard on the human condition and it's robbing us of our internal resources. So even if you feel like you're at a B minus or a B plus right now, anywhere in the B range, that means you're doing great, <laughs> yeah. truly. But everybody's in a B minus. Mm -hmm. And then your thing about the resources is it, it's, it's doubly hard, basically. Yeah. Because no one's at their, at their best. Right. And we don't have the resources to handle people not at their best. Right. So it's just kind of a double whammy. Right. So, yeah, it's a wreck out there. Yeah. So we want <laughs> to have to tell you that. But. We want to encourage you with that. Yeah. <laughs> so give us some guidance. Right. Right. Pull so one of together. the things that one of the things this is just just straight off the out of the shoot here. One of the things that we all have to do during this time is lower our expectations of ourselves and others. Yeah. In the same way that we'd never tell- What if people's expectations are already super low for me? <laughs> Could, should they just leave them there? Stop. Or lower them even more? We wouldn't tell a toddler to just go run a marathon. 
We wouldn't do that. We'd tell a toddler, like, you can go run to the end of the street. That'd be appropriate for what their resources are. Yeah. It's the same. We have to adjust ourselves to the reality of what we have to deal with right now, what, what the givens of our actual resources are. If I stay are. with the fog, the fog metaphor, it's like you don't drive 75 miles an hour in a fog. Yep, exactly. You do that, you're going to hit somebody else. You're going to collide. You're going to miss your turns. You're not going to be, it's not going to be helpful to anybody. You got to slow down. So lower your expectations or I like live in reality. Like adjust your expectations to the reality. These times don't really lend themselves to. Yeah. Adjust the expectations, yeah. your expectations to the reality of who you are right now and yeah. who the people that you're around are yeah. right now, like the limitations of all of us right now. So uh, I think an, even to appropriate it even further for us Christians, I think a great way to say it is it's an incredible opportunity to practice grace, to really uh, show grace to one another, the grace that God has given us. And right. so what does it mean to live in grace more? What does it mean to show grace? For me, to really pull that down into a practical way to say it, I don't know, is to assume the best of one another more, to just assume everybody's just doing the best that they can. Yeah. And to try to, to try to just say, they don't really want to be mean right now. They don't really want to come across like mm, the way they are right now. Yeah. And to just assume the best. They probably didn't mean to have that tone with me. They probably didn't mean to. Yeah. Just, yeah. I know. I think that's showing up for us, right? In our relationship, that's like we've been dealing with. We got. We just need more grace for each other. Mm -hmm. As amazing as we are, <laughs> we still have room for grace. You know. Yeah. Because what's happening with everybody is that, you know, many people have been traumatized, for instance. And so what's happening is this Wait, is traumatized like through because of the pandemic in life prior to the pandemic. Oh, so people are and hurt, so they've been damaged, This been is going to cause their buffers, their triggers to be, uh, you know, uh, plucked more yeah, yeah. readily. Yeah. The, the things that people tend to react to, that, that the normal processes to be able to tamp those things down, those processes are gone. And so people's reactions to things. It's like the beach ball, like illustration, like we're used to holding stuff underwater that are problematic for us. In the pandemic, we can't. It, we, didn't, we don't have the same strength to hold things down and keep it under control. Yeah, the processes by which we've learned to deal with some of our things yeah. and face some of our issues, yeah. that buffer is gone. And so people's issues are more to the surface. That's basically what yeah. I want to say. Yeah. And so we need to give grace for that and have understanding for that, that some people's reactions are not really about the thing that's going on right here. It's just because it's reminding them of former things and former things are coming to the fore. So basically the fear, fear and the unknown cause people to live at more of an instinctual level. And so that's what's happening to all of us. Whether you realize it or not, you're in some form or fashion, that's what's going on with you. Yeah. And so just kind of chew on that a little bit and try to see yourself in that regard and try to see other people from that regard as well. That's good. That's really good. So we haven't even really gotten to the content for the first message yet, but I, I still want to give you a chance. Like, what else are you seeing, maybe even from your office? Yeah. Like, what are you seeing... In all the various levels of clientele, yeah. like what are you seeing? Yeah, come? and it's really interesting because most people think that, oh, probably you're seeing a lot more anxiety, probably you're seeing a lot more depression, which is true, but I'll tell you why. This is fascinating. It's not that I'm seeing anxiety, depression, those kind of things in a new way in my office. <laughs> it's that people are dealing with their normal issues, but not as well. So for instance, if yeah. I'm having, if I've, been having a marital issue, it's like way worse. Yeah. Or if I had previous anxiety, right. now I'm having like super panic attacks. It's almost like that there's not new issues for people generally across the board. Yeah. It's that we just can't get on up over our normal stuff yeah. as well as we 
have been. Yeah. And so our normal issues are almost worse. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying, which yeah. is just truly fascinating, yeah. that we're all having a harder time getting on up over our stuff. Yeah. Which again is more of an opportunity for grace. Yeah, it's all in the same stew. Yeah, and it is. And so fascinating for me was when this, when the pandemic hit in March, I happened to be doing what our church was doing, which was this emotionally healthy spirituality day by day uh, devotional, which was fantastic. And right at the time in March when the pandemic hit, I came across this Oswald Chambers quote in here and it gripped me for this pandemic, and I shared it on a video devotional that the Ohio Ministry Network asked me to do, and it gripped me and gripped a number of uh, friends as well. Uh, I wanna share it with you. It says, it is not true to say that God wants to teach us something in our trials. Through every cloud he brings our way, he wants us to unlearn something. And it was like, okay, whoa. <laughs> so mm -hmm. how, how concordant is that with it, with a shutdown, stay at home, force stop your life pandemic, right. which is like, you, well, I'm going to strip you of some things. Yeah. And it just like pulls us back to like, yeah, an opportunity to start to like have in our face yeah. relational things for us to look at again. And so for me, one of the things that it pulled back into focus groups, like unlearn time was the idea of, I realize how much I put words in your mouth, so to speak. Mm. That one of the things we do so often is we make assumptions yeah. about what another person is thinking based upon how they respond and, and what's on their face and that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's essentially putting words in another yeah. person's mouth. Yeah. And the, the pandemic, because there's, you know, our normal life, we are, we're out. We, we like, yeah. yeah, something happens, we yeah. make that assumption, then we go do our life yeah. and we kind of forget about it. Whereas in the pandemic, it's like, boom, people are there and you're, yeah your face and your space, and so you have a choice to make. We have a choice to make. And the, the appropriate big girl and big boy tool, tool is when in doubt, check it out, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so it's the same thing, you know, for taking an offense. Everybody, like we just said, is on their last nerve, so to speak. We're all much more raw. And so we're more likely to take an offense. And we, uh, you know, when we're doing our normal life, it's like we can run about and, and quickly kind of walk away from that offense, but it's in our face how often, A, we're offended, right now and B, how we have a choice to deal with those offenses mm -hmm. or not. And so we can, we can deal with what Proverbs 19.11 says to do, which is it says it is to a man's glory to overlook an offense, yeah. which falls in line with what we're saying about this time, which is it's an opportunity to practice grace more, uh, to let it go and that yeah. kind of thing. And so yeah. to the point that, that you have made as we've been talking about yeah. this, yeah. which is the pandemic is giving us opportunity to, to grow more in our perspective of God's uh, God's calling to how he wants us to be in relationship and to seize these opportunities or to kind of be defeated by them. So, yeah. yeah. Well, the unlearned quote for me is like, he, he wants to change us. Yeah. We, 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 we get stuck in our ways. We have habits that aren't good. We are comfortable with what's wrong and things get stripped away and the pressures rise. And now we're having to change. We're yeah. having to unlearn. And it seems to me, it, it goes one of two ways right now. Either you're leaning into um, who God's made you and what he wants to do with you and how he wants to change you and unlearn you and develop deeper, better relationships, or you're gonna be deconstructed and dismantled. It's like mm -hmm. you, you have, you have two, kind of two choices. Um, and they're pretty stark. It's, it's almost a worldly choice and a godly mm -hmm. choice, really. Mm -hmm. um, 
you have to commit to what God's up to. Mm -hmm. Like, right? What, what, what's, God, what's God up to? Mm -hmm. That's what we want to talk about in the first message. Exactly. So how do you answer that question, Tammy? Well, like, what's God up to in relationships, generally speaking, even the hard ones? Yeah, well, you just said it. The first thing that we're talking about is that we can't answer that question. We can't answer any question about relationships unless we've decided we want to have God's kind of relationships. Yeah. And that's a question for us. Are we willing to say, I want to do God relation, God, excuse me, relationships God's way? Or are we still like, no, I, I kind of want to do them the way the world says. And the way that the world tells us that we need to do relationships is transactionally. I am looking to get from relationship. I, I want to be filled up. I want to be happy. I want to receive from relationship. And while, yes, those are wonderful byproducts that God does give us relationships for, that is not the purpose of relationships. God champions transformation, that he is here to bring this world back to himself. He is here to have us be conduits of love and light in a broken planet. And relationships are a part of that transformation. God is looking to light up every dark space on this planet and bring it back uh, through transformation. Yeah. And that includes spaces in you and I. So relationships are meant for God's holy purposes, not for our personal happiness. God has said relationships are meant for his transformative processes, yeah. not to be transactional. Yeah. We're not here to get, we're here to give in relationships. And to be changed. And to be changed. Like Paul says in 2 Corinthians, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom and we all who have unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed mm -hmm. into, into his, his likeness. Image. Yes. Yeah. With ever increasing glory, which again comes from the Lord mm -hmm. who is the spirit, which to me is the, is the, is the crossroads here. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you can live a giving life. I don't, I don't know how you can break away from grabbing, taking, mm -hmm. how you can live a selfless life, a life that is saying, I need to be changed. I need to be transformed. If you don't have the spirit of God, right. I really don't. Right. I mean, I don't want to sound overly religious, actually, but I, I don't, if you're not trusting Jesus, you're not following him, you're not transformed by his spirit in you. Right. You, your relationships are, are bound to be at least a, difficult. And but I they think can't it, be transformative. And it starts by recognizing that we are souls and we are made, we're actually looking for Jesus. We're actually looking for a savior. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't realize like, oh, but we're looking, like we, we look for him in a spouse and it's a spouse, not a savior. Yeah. We're looking for him in a friend and we're like, we have yeah. to realize that's a friend, not the faithful one. Yeah. That we're, we, we're trying to find what our souls are looking for in all sorts of other people and yeah. circumstances and we'll never find uh, Jesus in those places. We only find Jesus in Jesus, right? And so we have to understand, we have to realize that we have to have the right expectations about what relationships are for. And so that they're meant for our refinement. Yeah. They're not meant for our yeah. personal fulfillment, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's interesting that one of the things we do, and, and this is a little bit of an aside, but it's also pertinent to our discussion, which is as much as I've heard people talk about relationships, it's kind of interesting how we gloss over the golden rule a bit. The golden rule is, so whatever you wish others would do to you, do also 
to them, for this is the fulfillment of the law and prophets. Mm. You know, Jesus presented this idea in a slightly, slightly different wrapper. These verses are urging us to love others in the same way that we want to be loved. But we have to understand that's not like a... Uh, transactional thing are a guarantee that the favor is going to be returned, right? Yep. The golden rule is not an invitation to keep score. I think that's important. That's, it's not the spirit of the golden rule, yep. and it doesn't make for great relationships. We become, uh, it's very interesting, this past week I was telling you about um, somebody I had in my office, and it's so true of so many of us that we get obsessed with what another person is doing. Yeah, yeah. We get obsessed with what they said, obsessed with why yeah. they can treat me that way, obsessed with how they didn't treat me the way I should be treated. Why is this group of people excluding me? Why is this group of people treating me this way? Why did this person say this to me? How could they possibly have done this to me? Why did they not say this to me? I mean, we get so obsessed with the other side of the fence in relationship when honestly, yeah. what is the only part in a relationship that we have any control of ever? This side of the fence, yeah. our side of the fence. And yet we can waste years of our life, literally yeah. obsessing about why another person, group of people is doing what they're doing, right? And we have got to be willing to look at our side of the fence and deal with our side of the fence and release control yeah. and say, it's not about what's going on on the other side of the fence. Yeah. Jesus asking us to love others, it's giving teeth to our faith. It's saying, I can only deal with my side of the fence. And he tells me that my best way is to look for how I can serve and love and be selfless. Yeah. You just have to trust that God's way is the right way. Mm -hmm. That um, where it feels like I, I am empty, I, I, am a, a, I feel alone, my soul does thirst for something, how are you going to get that? Mm -hmm. Are you going to get it by grabbing right, for it? Grabbing, grabby, right, right, right. Are you going right, to right. try to get something from somebody? Or are you going to find life the way Jesus says you mm -hmm. find life? By giving, mm -hmm. by doing the right things on your side of the fence. Is it really true that I can actually give something mm -hmm. away and gain? Literally, uh, you have to lay down this, what's in it for me? Yeah. Mentality. Yeah. This, what am I going to get out of yeah. this mentality? Yeah. In a culture completely obsessed with feeling good, we've been raised with the idea that our self-esteem should be fed into, right? Mm. It's like we look to relationships for our constant ego strokes, and that's not what they're meant for. That's not the formula that Jesus modeled or taught, right? Paul urges us to follow Christ's example in Philippians 2 when he penned the words, do nothing um, out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourself. So I love this quote. Uh, yeah. Did you have anything to add to that before we get to this quote? No, go ahead. I, I love this quote. I, think I know what you I have do to too. say will be like more of a closing. So okay. So Erin Davis uh, is an author, and she had this yeah, quote this that I fun. love. Perhaps it's time we outgrow the notion that the purpose of our relationships is to provide a steady drip of feel-good fuel for our delicate self-esteem. Oh. Say the last part again. Hey. Perhaps it's time we outgrow the notion that the purpose of our relationships is to provide a steady drip of feel-good fuel for our delicate self-esteem. Yeah, fill me up where yeah. I am lacking, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13 is that love chapter that so many people quote at weddings. And in verse 5, it says, love is not self-seeking. Yeah. That's what we're saying. If you're willing to 
buy into that and say, God, your way is right. That means we have to be willing to not be self-seeking in relationship. Yes, of course, God's going to give you people to love you, people to be conduits of love and grace and mercy. But if you are grabbing for that in your relationships, it will never work because he says true love is not self-seeking. That's not my way. And so I did come across a quote as I was reading some things in preparation for something. And this quote was about families. It said, families provide a daily opportunity for selfless living where you can selfishly work to get your own way or you can lovingly serve others. And I went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Substitute that with pandemic. Yeah, right. (laughs) Because I feel like the pandemic has shoved it in our face. The pandemic provides a daily opportunity for selfless living where you can selfishly work to get your own way or you can lovingly serve others. I think that the pandemic has so stripped so many distractions in our life that it's provided like this almost contrast and in our face, like, are you going to work to selfishly get your own way today? Yeah. Or are you going to work to selflessly love others? Yeah. It's exposing. Right. Right. We had a better word for it than exposing. But like um, the pandemic is revealing. Was it the great reveal? Yeah. The great reveal of where does my relationship with God really stand? Like where am I truly with Jesus? Because the, the reality is, you. Ke- <laughs> I keep coming back to this. There is no way to do relationships, to live this life the way God would have us to live apart from the empowerment of the Spirit and the work of the Spirit within mm-hmm. you. There is no alternative because we are empty. We, knew, we do need to be filled up. So if Jesus isn't filling your life, the Spirit of God isn't spill, filling your life, you must go grab it somewhere else. Right. And none of that works. Yep. None of it works. Here's Jesus' words. For whoever wants to save their life... Lose it. You want to save your life? You got to <laughs> lose it. Mm-hmm. It makes, that's, that's the antithesis of, but whoever loses their life for me Mm -hmm. will save it. Do you trust Jesus is the question. If you trust Jesus, you will do your relationships completely 180 degrees out of phase with how the world would say you should do it or how we would even naturally do it. But do you trust Jesus that by giving your life away, working on you, Allowing the hard things of relationship, of pandemics, of the world to be God's tools to transform me rather than the other person, Mm -hmm. then life starts to happen. Mm -hmm. Jesus says you'll become a spring of living water bubbling, bubbling out. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't want that? We just think the way to, to become that is to go grab it yeah, first. Right. Rather than just to trust mm-hmm. God and start giving and yep. to be a conduit and then... Yep. Which, he wants us to be so filled up with him yeah. that it splashes out onto the world. Yeah. Not, it's not going to happen when we try to get filled up with his yeah. world. Yeah. That's, Love is not self-seeking. Yeah. yeah. And that's part of the reason I'm so thankful for you, Tammy. I, I mean this in all sincerity. That, that epitomizes your life. You love Jesus and you overflow with goodness for me and other people. And um, it encourages me. It's like, I can say it works because I look at your life and I think that's, that's cool. That's, that's cool. I can say the same thing about you, dear. Well, I appreciate it. I think, you know, and maybe because we both are still learning and we've been doing marriage for 30 years and we both still know we ain't got it figured out yet. Right? Right. I guess so. So uh, that's it. We're, that's the foundation. Jesus is the foundation, the Spirit of God transforming you, giving your life away. 
That's where it all starts. Next week, we will do some practicals. So should not we that pray for these practical. awesome people? Not that that's not practical, but... Should we pray for these awesome people? Absolutely. You doing that or me? Sure, I'll do it. God, um, we are um, a lot like these broken Legos here, mm. and um, you're the only one that puts relationships together right. And um, I do pray for anyone who's a part of this right now, mm -hmm. that they would uh, turn to you for the first time mm -hmm. or the millionth time. Yeah and trust you again that your ways are the right ways. And when we live according to your purposes and your, uh, in the identity that you give us and in the power that you supply us by your spirit, that relationships do shift and turn to the right, you, in the right direction mm -hmm. and become a, a growing, sharpening, wonderful part of the transformative life that you have for us. Um, we pray that you would show up, that your mm -hmm. presence would be real, um, that your spirit would embolden us uh, to live differently and to live by faith and to um, have that pour out into the relationships that we, that we all have in so many different places. Uh, we trust these things to you and mm -hmm. we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See you next week. <laughs>